we are open to hiring women with a career gaps impact oriented resumes are always better than uh, task oriented resumes so different leaders have different ways of thinking right you are listening to the recruiters podium a show that brings you the world of recruitment on a podcast with me kshama bhat today i'm thrilled to welcome a truly exceptional guest to our show someone who has deep expertise in human resource end to end recruitment campus hiring people management and a lot more welcome kalyani on the show thank you in today's rapidly changing professional landscape how do you uh, believe these career gaps are viewed differently compared to the previous era i think these days organizations and recruiters are more open to uh, hiring individuals with a career gap as in we have become more accepting of uh, a career gap on somebody's resume or employment history so there's a lot of flexibility now because now there is an understanding that people could go for career gaps due to various reasons like for example a sabbatical or if they want to uh, pursue further education or for some kind of personal development caregiving so there is a greater amount of openness to uh, accepting people with a career gap at this point of time plus uh, with the rise of the gig economy and uh, organizations and individuals being more flexible in terms of remote remote work i think that also has played an important role in uh, changing the organizations perspective towards career gaps so i think uh, compared to uh, the previous years the career gaps are seen in a relatively uh, neutral light and not in a negative manner yeah i think uh, whenever we see a lot of job postings on linkedin they say uh, we are open to hiring women with a career gap so i think because of the diversity and inclusion aspect that a lot of organizations have again they are open to hiring individuals with non traditional kind of career paths as in those that include career gaps especially when it comes to diversity hiring specifically Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get it. Even I see a lot of openings specifically towards like women who have you know this thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when you were telling about uh, this uh, gig economy, right? How and what ways do you think the gig economy or freelance work opportunities have provided alternative paths for professionals with career gap? I think. Uh... one is that uh, whenever you engage in a career gap you take up a career gap after a point of time if you are interested then you can acquire certain skills as an upskill yourself and then pursue a career in a uh, certain skill set so initially you can start by taking up freelancing opportunities or small gigs so that is something that's going to help you develop uh, professionally and gain greater experience at the same time it also provides a lot of flexibility plus uh, the other thing is that through the gig economy people are also getting to work on things that they love so what i mean to say is instead of pursuing a very traditional kind of uh, career path if somebody is interested in uh, working on a certain skill set like for instance an engineer who is also interested in copywriting so they can take that up as a freelance opportunity um or uh how i would frame it in terms of career gap is that if somebody has taken a career gap say from engineering and uh, now they want to pursue something else like for instance copywriting uh they can actually upskill themselves 
on that and then pursue it as a freelance uh, as a freelancer or a gig worker and then eventually move into pursuing it full time so i think there's a lot of flexibility like i said earlier in terms of uh, being a part of the gig economy and actually uh, actively uh, promoting it and uh, the other thing is in terms of flexibility that you get to work on your own work schedules uh, so especially for people who have taken career gaps i think it's because of certain reasons like it could be your uh, health or other personal commitments or childcare etc or like i mentioned earlier it could also be because of uh, uh, one deciding to pursue a higher education so in that sense uh, because of the kind of flexibility that it provides in terms of the timings and the way that you can uh, figure out your work schedule on your own i think that is something that helps you to engage in alternative paths of uh, pursuing something professionally mm-hmm. and uh, the other thing is that uh, after a career gap uh, maybe you would have been working on a certain skill set up till a certain point of time so you can again pick up that skill set and stay relevant in the market by uh, taking a freelancing opportunities plus since you will be uh, a freelancer so you will also get greater exposure in terms of interacting with uh, people in different fields or different domains so you will also uh, to some extent be able to keep yourself updated as to what is something new that has happened in your field now so i think skill utilization is something uh, that perhaps a freelance gig or uh, helps with in terms of uh, you working on your uh, existing skill set and then also upskilling on it in some ways or getting greater exposure on the updates that have happened over time on your skill set and uh, then the other thing is that uh, so a lot of people have taken career gaps also because of say relocating elsewhere and uh, perhaps remote work not being available that readily and they want to work from home so i think uh, with freelance opportunities often there is a possibility of working remotely as well so there aren't many geographical uh, limitations that way and that is also something that helps you to explore a greater number of opportunities yes yes i also agree with what you're saying and how important do you think uh, skill utilization plays an important role uh, see when it comes to recruitment uh, what my personal view point is or and based on my observation as well mm-hmm. uh, like i said uh, career gaps are not viewed as, in a negative light because there is a lot of focus on the skills that a person has and on the impact that they have made as a freelancer or even in their career uh, previously while they were working so i think uh, from a recruitment standpoint what is important is uh, the kind of skill set that the person has are they good at it is their experience solid in terms of what they've done in the past and what they are currently pursuing for, uh, for instance um, small gigs with different clients and uh, a varied ex- diverse experience is that something that they bring to the table is that something that we are looking for that's what the recruiters look at rather than uh, looking at uh the career gap per se mm-hmm. and of course uh, as a recruiter we also have to ask and delve into why the person uh, has taken up a career gap in the first place so that also helps us understand and be more flexible and be more open to uh, understand uh, understanding why candidates uh, have taken the career gap in the first place and what is it that they were doing often it's because of professional development purposes that they take it up um or- or otherwise also like we need to be flexible in the current market scenario and otherwise to with the with the world uh, changing in terms of uh, its 
uh, with the world changing economically and socially and becoming more flexible in different ways uh, i think uh, organizations and recruiters also have to become flexible to different kinds of candidates uh yeah uh, so as a recruiter like if i could ask you what are the main skills that you see in a resume if, if you want to hire particularly um so that will vary from one role to another mm-hmm. um whenever what the recruitment process entails is to understand the requirement first for which you have to sync up with the hiring manager to understand what are some of the must haves the good to haves and uh, some of the uh, mandate skills um what years of experience are we looking at are there certain specific industries or companies that we need to tap into to acquire that talent uh, is educational uh, uh, i mean the kind of education institution that the person is coming from is that also an important criteria as in hiring from tier 1 tier 2 or tier 3 institutions if they are looking at something like that as well and what are some of the unique selling points of the role what kind of an impact should the person have made in their previous role uh what is something generic that they'll be doing on a day to day basis um and how will they be impacting our own business and which is why we are making that hire so understanding all of these things is important and then only we'll be able to source and screen the resume properly so when it comes to resume screening when you have all of these data points in place then you can um kind of tally the skill sets that you are looking for with the resume so for instance in case of an engineering role like for ex- uh, that of a java developer uh, product based companies would usually be looking at uh, whether they have worked on distributed systems microservice architecture um, or worked on systems that are more scalable and uh, then they would be looking at the kind of frameworks that the person has worked on uh, the kind of microservices that they have actually built um whether their resume is more um impact oriented or task oriented mm-hmm. so these are things that one would look at in case of a, a, a role like that of a product manager the focus would be more on on assessing the kind of metrics that the person has worked on in terms of uh, daily active monthly active users the kind of features or tools that they have built to scale, to help scale the business and um, otherwise what what are some of the uh, teams that they have collaborated with uh, how much of data have they provided in their resume to uh, analyze the kind of impact that they have made in their previous business or their past experience so basis the requirement of the job you would have to screen the resume uh, and hence it would vary from one uh, role to another like i said earlier yeah 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 uh, so kalyani i just want to ask you a general question like what according to you is a good resume i think uh, impact oriented resumes are always better than uh, task oriented resumes what, what i mean by an impact oriented resume is showing the kind of impact that you have made in your current and previous role because that that helps us understand that you have done things of course you would you would know the operational uh, tasks that go behind executing and strategizing but we want to see what you have strategized and what is the impact what is it that you have contributed to the business ultimately which has led to the business's growth mm-hmm. i think that is important plus uh, in terms of like a very generic point of view into uh, how a resume should look like i believe for somebody who is relatively experienced what should be highlighted is the work experience first and education would be secondary in that case so the first thing that a recruiter would look at is their work experience and then the education and uh, it's also important 
important to mention the skill sets uh, that they have. So for instance, uh, for tech roles or for product kind of roles, it's important to mention the kind of tech tools that you have used, the frameworks, the architecture, or the uh, data streaming uh, uh, tool that you have used. It's important to mention that. And uh, other than that, uh, I think, uh, I mean, these are the only things that I can think of right now in terms of how to structure the resume. First focus should be work experience and then education and, of course, skill sets uh, should be mentioned. And it should always be tabular or in a uh, arranged in data points so that it's uh, easier to read them. The readability should be good. And uh, the points should also be short. So it should the resume should not be five page long because then recruiters have to go through thousands of resumes and it won't be possible for a recruiter to devote so much time to a five five page long resume uh, it should be concise so that uh, the recruiter understands what the person has worked on the impact that they have made and uh, move and screen and shortlist the resume in say 30 seconds Mm -hmm. And I would like to add one more point here. Even the projects that they have worked in specifically matters the most. Yeah, so uh, so projects will be, if you assess it from the point of view of impact, then obviously they would have mentioned the kind of projects that they have worked on or the tools that they've built. Uh, so uh, moving on to this, uh, I just wanted to ask you, like, uh, since there's freeze going on, right? I mean, now we have, uh, it's better, but previously last week and all there was hiring freeze. Like what factors typically contribute to a hiring freeze in the organization? Um, so one is if the organization is not performing well, then there could be a hiring freeze. Now, mm -hmm. this could be obviously to an economic downturn in the company in terms of, say, a financial crisis or not earning enough profits or revenue. So when they don't have uh, enough money, obviously, they would want to stop hiring more people. Um, the other is if, say, for a certain role, there is a budget constraint. Uh, so, for instance, different teams are going to have different budgets uh, in terms of hiring or the people cost. Um, so if I take the instance of, say, uh, a marketing team of an organization. Mm -hmm. If they don't have enough budget to make uh, hires in marketing and they have, uh, earlier they had a requisition, however, they reevaluated uh, the cost of the requisition again and they felt that right now at this point they don't have enough money to uh, hire another person, then they would put it on hold because they would want to uh, prefer to give uh, a, a good incentive to their existing employees in terms of hikes and uh, in terms of uh, paying their salaries on time mm -hmm. and not payoffs compared to hiring another person when they don't have the budget to do so. So that can also lead to a hiring freeze. And uh, plus, of course, uh, then there are also a lot of layoffs going on recently. So when you are laying off, then you obviously will not be uh, acquiring more candidates, which is, again, one of the reasons why hiring freeze tends to happen. And uh, besides that, when organizations are going through, say, restructuring or reorganization in terms of uh, comp ranges or in terms of their hiring requirements per se, or because of um, the market conditions being relatively unstable, uh, like, for instance, if merger or acquisition is happening in an organization, then they would need more time to plan the way forward for staffing needs, which is, again, one of the reasons why hiring fees could happen. Uh, plus... Uh, like I mentioned earlier, if uh, the company is not performing well, meaning that if the demand for their product goes down, 
then again the company would not be looking at hiring uh, individuals at that point of time because uh, it, it, the the usual way that it works is that if your uh, product or your service is performing well that's when you get more people on board to get your work done faster and to have more helping hands in the organization and uh, other than that i think uh, during covid also a lot of organizations went on a hiring freeze so i think maybe uh, when there are global events like the pandemic so then also because organizations have to figure out how to adapt to those new circumstances so again they might resort to a hiring free sort of a thing or uh, if within an organization a project per se is put on hold or is cancelled completely then also they won't be hiring for that project anymore again there will be a hiring freeze for that particular section and uh, i think in my observation one more thing that leads to a hiring freeze in certain sections or in the organization itself is if there's a change in the senior leadership so different leaders have different ways of thinking right and that's why some of them would feel that certain roles are critical others would feel that th- that role is not a necessary requirement or a requisite for the organization so then again they would cancel those roles and uh, come up with a new annual operating plans so during that period it will be a lull period wherein you are not really hiring and there will be a hiring freeze yes, and yes. like right now though the re- of the recession that a lot of organizations are affected and they are on a hiring freeze at this point of time yeah but i feel this week is kind of better compared to the previous months yeah and one more thing is there i mean there are certain regulations because of which companies may get affected and uh, due to that also they may decide to go on a hiring freeze if the regulation uh, say legal or compliance issues are affecting uh the way that they operate and their revenue etc then again they would have to resort to a hiring freeze mm-hmm. if i asked you in general like how long do hiring freezes uh, typically last that will depend from one organization to another and the reason as to why they resorted to the hiring freeze um so for instance if uh, the economic situation improves in mm-hmm. one or two months then they could again start hiring or maybe sometimes as an exception there would be certain critical positions like for instance a replacement role for which you would have to make the hire so in that case you would have to like make an exception during the hire, uh, hiring freeze and actually make that hire so that could be there then like i mentioned uh, uh if the budget is revised again and if you can somehow accommodate one more person so then again you would not have to put that role on hold and maybe accommodate a greater indu- a larger number of people within the organization or for that particular section plus if the leadership's decision also changes in terms of their point of view of uh, hiring for certain critical roles then also the hiring freeze could be lifted and uh, if a project is resumed again then also the hiring freeze could be lifted uh, so it will depend on the amount of time that it takes to resolve these issues or uh, the way that the economic situation of the company pans out mm-hmm. how does it feel to recruit after a recession or after a hiring freeze hiring at this point of time i think because of the number of layoffs that are happening while people are still looking out for more opportunities there's a lot of talent available in the market mm-hmm. and uh, being able to engage with them and keep everybody posted uh is a difficult task and actually um finding talent amongst the many i think that is something that's challenging at this point of time uh however mm-hmm. i think uh, that i mean there are ways of figuring this out so 
there's something to learn out of it i believe Mm-hmm. So after the hiring freeze is uh, is over, yeah, you are right. When we get a lot of requirements, then we are up and ready to hire because uh, a lot of organizations follow this uh, thing called talent mapping. So it essentially means that you already have a passive pool of candidates in your pipeline. Uh, so you can actually make a list of candidates working in different companies, uh, having different skill sets, years of experience, the level that they are at at this point of time. and then you can start reaching out to those candidates to quickly get them in your pipeline and always stay engaged and net, uh, be good at networking with those candidates so that whenever required you can reach out to them for the role so i think that's something that helps out dealing with uh, a lot of requisitions coming to us after the hiring freeze is over and plus uh, whenever a hiring freeze happens before that also we are in touch with a lot of candidates so I think good candidate engagement is something that's important. If you are engaged with your candidate continuously, or you've given a good, uh, you've ensured that the candidate that you were in contact with had a good experience, then you can again reach out to them and uh, get them interested in the role. So I think those are the ways of working around it. Ah uh, yes, yes, that is right. Thank you so much for joining us on a podcast. Uh, it was a great time to have you. likewise thank you yeah and we have covered a lot okay. of uh, aspects as well i hope so that, that i was helpful with this okay okay great yeah. thanks thank okay. you for